welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome Brewer fans uh, to our Brewer Review Podcast. This is going to be our season wrap episode. Joining me tonight is Scott and Vince. How's it going, guys? Hey, Craig. Hey, Scotty. How are you guys? Not bad, guys. Good to good to hear from you. Yeah, good to good to recatch up a little bit. I know it's uh, been a rough rough uh, ending here for the Brewers, but um, good to catch up with you guys again. Hey, uh, is Chad on the 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 call here with us? Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us this season. Um, he was with us in spirit, though. So, um, but anyway, yeah, he's, I'm sure he'll be all over the off season and uh, with us every step of the way. Um, so, um, what's what's funny is I literally uh, have not heard from him at all since. Uh, the Brewers were eliminated in the postseason, so I, I'm actually a little concerned. I don't know if we have any whereabout updates on him, but um, he hasn't responded to numerous text messages in our group text thread, and um, I've seen nothing from him um, whatsoever, so I, I don't know if he's actually okay, just so you guys know. I would be slightly concerned that if his last meal was a free George Webberger, but the last image I've seen of him was holding a free George Webberger, but I mean, if, if you're going to go, maybe that, that, you know, if you got to go, that's not the most awful way, but, you know. True. I hope that uh, – I'm sure Scott's checking the missing person um, or possibly a picture of it. I don't know. I can hear him typing so as we speak. But, uh, Scott, when was your last interaction with the good friend she had? Um, it's definitely been a while. I think – you know, I think we're all, as Brewers fans, we're kind of taking, um, you know, this a little bit hard, but um, I think Chad might be taking it hardest of all. So that's, you know, what can you do? I'm sure he, he would, if he were to chime in, he would uh, chime in something like the fact that the Chicago Bears are in first place makes them still live for another day or something like that. So I'm sure he's fine. I picture him at home in a darkened room. Slowly playing, um, sitting at a, a, a grand piano, uh, playing Build Me Up Buttercup, but like a really slow, melancholy version. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, hope I, I, I like that. that. I like that, Scott. That's great. Yeah. Just like they got us again. Built us up. <laughs> so, I don't know, which one you guys want to start off with? I guess. Going back, we were fortunate enough to bring our fans back to um, a new age of podcasting here at the beginning of this 2018 Brewers uh, season, and it turned out to be a pretty successful one overall, and I think it definitely exceeded our expectations in a lot of ways, as much as we didn't like the ending. Um, But with that being said, I don't know if any of you guys want to start with doing, like, your synopsis or your recap on the season overall, and then maybe after that we can talk a little bit about the specifics of the postseason uh, and stuff like that. Um, but overall, 
you know, what is it? who wants to do kind of their synopsis? And if you guys, I would do it if you guys didn't want to go first, but uh, kind of your overall yeah. synopsis of the first season. I'll, I'll jump on that really quick here. I think, you know, overall, um, Craig, you like you just said, we exceeded expectations this year. I don't think that um, any of the three of us and, and I don't think any of the national prognosticators had picked the Brewers to win the division uh, or be in the playoffs at all, hardly, and um, and certainly didn't pick the team to actually exceed the franchise win total. And, and the loss to the Dodgers was disappointing. I think we could have won um, at least another one or two of those games, which obviously would have put us in the World Series against a very tough um, Red Sox team. But, um, you know, one thing that I'm hoping is different about this season compared to other seasons is, two things. Number one, I think that the team is still on the upswing, um, which is really exciting. I think that this team is um, uh, falling into this window of contention a season sooner maybe than most people um, thought, which means that that is just another opportunity. So I really think that with Yelich under team control and Kane under team control and a good core of young guys that we really have the chance to be good for another few seasons. Um, And the other second point is, is that maybe just maybe this is the year that sort of um, eliminated what I would like to call a loser's mindset from the Brewers as an organization. And I, I I know we've had winning teams in the past and now we've had postseason teams in the past, but um, it seems like this team was just not content to be average or to fit into what the experts believe they would do. And um, I'm going to attribute a lot of that to the leadership abilities of Kane and Yelich and, um, that extends all the way to the top with David Stearns and, and then Craig Council on the field as well. So um, I'm hopeful that this is just the beginning for the Brewers and not the end. Excellent wrap-up uh, and synopsis, uh, Vince. I, I, I agree pretty much wholeheartedly with what you're saying there. In fact, right after um, the Brewers' Game 7 NLCS loss, um, I know that in order to keep our spirits up a little bit, I did send everyone a text uh, saying, you know what, this this is not this is not yeah, this is the beginning. And uh, I agree with your thoughts on that. Um, if you look back at 2008, uh, which was a great year for the Brewer Review, obviously we made the, fir- the playoffs for the first time in 26 years. That was our only year with CC Sabathia and we basically knew he was a rental so that was kind of the window that was open for us not that we couldn't have made it again the next year but to have him for a playoff run and that was our one shot with him and uh, so that did definitely feel like an end of that chapter so to speak and in 2011 uh, similarly in my mind a uh, player uh, of Prince Fielder's caliber it was his last year before being a free agent and you know having him and Braun together uh, two almost franchise level players in the middle of our lineup I felt that that was another closing of a chapter and uh, the version make it all the way to game six of the NLCS that year but I really felt that we had a strong enough team to go to World Series that year unfortunately it didn't pan out but it did feel like an ending this doesn't like Vince is saying, this feels different. It feels like this is the start of something. And obviously, a year ago, if you look back a full calendar year ago, the start of last offseason, Kane and Yelich weren't even a brewer yet. And right, the brewer right. had, had just, they had just uh, finished a pretty successful 2017 season where kind of a ragtag team of, uh, of players, uh, you know, rose up and really started to play well when we missed the playoffs just by one game. And that was before 
those guys were even on a team. Looking back even now, I'm like, how did we do that? I mean, I think something really is going to be a common denominator here, and I think that's the combination of our GM, David Stearns, and I think even more importantly, uh, our manager, Craig Council, I think is a real good one, and I think that that gives me huge hope that the Brewers are going to be perennial contenders going forward because I think Council has this ability to get the best out of the players and uh, that play for him. But um, anyway, I, I'll give a little bit more in-depth detail, but God, I don't know if you want to chime in at all on kind of your overall take of the season um, from your perspective. Um, yeah, I guess I could probably do that, I suppose. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, we look at what, what we had all predicted at the beginning of the year, and I, and I think that we had all said uh, somewhere in the kind of upper 80s for wins, mid to upper 80s, and, uh, you know, we exceeded all those expectations. If you would have said, hey, um, at the beginning of the year, this, you would say, hey, you know what, um, you guys are going to have go through a fair amount of injuries and you're going to get one game from the World Series. Be like, wow, that's great job, everybody. Unfortunately, it doesn't feel like that when you get into the playoffs and you get eliminated, especially when you get so close. Um, and I guess that's what makes it hard. But when you look back, I mean, just look at some of the memories from this year, and it might be – I think we might wind up looking back and saying this is the most memorable brewer um, possibly of our lives so far, depending on how old you are. But I mean, look, we saw um, we saw Yelich hit two cycles. We saw him probably wind up winning the MVP. I mean, that's incredible. We saw some amazing performances from Josh Hader. We had five All Stars. We've never had that. It's incredible. We've had you know twelve wins in a row. First time since 87, and I really think, even though, hey, yeah, I went and got, like, a dollar hamburger for free. Those are the kind of things that really not only just bring Brewer fans together, but, like, whole communities together, and they turn maybe non-fans into casual fans and casual fans into diehard fans. Like, those are just really great moments. Um, I remember back when I was, wow, I was probably, let's see, nine years old back in 87. And I remember exactly the day that we got free hamburgers. Um, it was incredible. Uh, my folks didn't want to wait in line, so they brought McDonald's back and said that um, uh, <laughs> ran out of burgers, so here's McDonald's. And we're like, oh, okay. So they didn't know any better. But, uh, I mean, we won the division. Uh, phenomenal. A game away from the World Series. The only thing that really bothers me is, I, I, I don't want to sound pessimistic here, but when we say this is the start of something, you know, potentially really good, um, I worry because, unfortunately, when you, when you are, I guess, the smallest market in baseball, you, you, you don't get to have a dynasty. Like, it's, it's as simple as that, unfortunately. I mean, at the end of the day, it's very possible that um, either the Cubs or Cardinals in the offseason say, like, oh, hey, let's, I don't know, let's go out and get Bryce Harper or somebody like that, and um, they could just, just like that, piggyback. I mean, the teams with the payroll, they don't necessarily have to rebuild the way that, that a super small market does. So that certainly worries me uh, a little bit. But overall, I mean, how can you not be, you know, proud to be a Brewer fan and proud of this team? 
that you know, Scott, those are really, really great comments. Um, one thing that gives me a little bit of optimism uh, to, to your point, and you're right. I mean, the Cardinals and Cubs can go, can both go and sign somebody whenever they want to. But um, I do think that we have an advantage just because of oh, what Craig said, and that's David Stearns. I, I do think that he is on the cutting edge as far as GMs go. I think that he's, he's proven that he can turn around a team that, boy, when we hired him in the fall of 2016. Um, the Brewers were at a, at a serious low point. I mean, it had been um, several years of, of average baseball followed by a year and a half of really bad baseball. And then um, David Stearns comes in and, and really turns his franchise around in a relatively short amount of time. And I think that um, that does give us the leg up. I mean, the Cubs can, can have money and they can still spend money foolishly too. And I, I know that Theo Epstein has done some great things in the game, but, you know, he's also wasted a lot of money. Um on guys like you, Darvish, that David Stearns was not going to bite at for that amount of money. And I, I don't think it's because the Brewers couldn't sign him. I think it was because David Stearns knew he wasn't going to be worth quite what he got. So I, I'd like to think that by making smart, um, pragmatic decisions that, that David Stearns and company can keep the Brewers uh, window open maybe longer than, than most fans are expecting. But, you know, we're all blind, I think, to the optimistic side of things just a little bit. But I, I do tend to think that David Stearns is has got to be considered one of the best GMs in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, although um, I guess we don't really know. I, I, I don't think we know anyway, like how long David Stearns is under contract for, and it just makes me wonder, like, um, are we going to be able to keep a commodity like him here, and if so, for how long? I mean, we're going to have to pony up a lot of money to keep a really good GM. And I'm not sure that our organization will do that. So it's going to be interesting. It is. And a lot of money though, a lot of money though is relative. I mean, a lot of money for a GM is different than a lot of money for a player too. You know, we, we gave, you know, a guy like Kane as a free agent, what a 50 some million dollar contract, which, um, you know, is, is, is probably worth it. Um, and so we saw Mark Anasio willing to open up his pocketbook for, for that. I think that, to keep a guy like Stearns and Adonacio as a businessman by trade, I think that he understands the value that that Stearns brings to the organization. I, I think he's obviously impressed by the, the work product on the field. Um, so I would tend to think that it wouldn't be an issue of dollars for a guy like Stearns. But, you know, I, I guess we've been wrong about things in the past. So uh, who knows? But um, as of right now, I you know, if I'm David Stearns, I'm, I'm really in it to win it all in Milwaukee. I think that that would be – the, the major career um, objective and challenge for him. Um, and I would really hate to, to give that dream up uh, until that occurred. So, um, you know, if we win a World Series and need a part, like, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, I'll, I'll take it. But um, I just see a guy like Stearns wanting to accept that challenge um, in a place like Milwaukee. But, you know, again, could, could be wrong. I agree with both of your points. I, I mean, I, I kind of think what Vince is saying, um, that Stearns will likely see it through, uh, which to me is possibly probably the same window as the, the Yelich and King contract. So I can really see him stick around for about four more years. And that's why I think this incarnation of the Brewers or whatever, uh, obviously there'll be some interchangeable pieces, but that core now of Yelich and King and, and Braun will still be around for a number of those years. Um, kind of still be our, our core guys and that we'll build around and uh, there'll be young guys coming in. There'll be other vets brought in at deadlines or whatnot. But I think 
I do think Stearns will be around at least three or four years, uh, depending on how things go. But after that, I, you know, I do see him probably bolting for greener pastures or whatever. Not that the, the Milwaukee's not green enough. But uh, with that being said, I, on the flip side of that, Craig Council is someone I think that could be the Brewers manager for the next 25 years. I mean, I really don't think he's going anywhere because of his ties to Milwaukee. Uh, and I think the Brewers will benefit regardless of their GM going forward because of Council. Um Maybe not everyone will agree with me, but I really think he's he's going to turn himself into a great manager. Um, I mean, he's got all those intangible things that great managers usually have, and not only that, I mean, he's got experience, uh, as it's good pointed out, you know, throughout the postseason uh, for the on-air announcers at Council. You know, his experience winning two different uh, world championships with different franchises, not as a Milwaukee Brewer, but I mean. Uh, those are all valuable things, and I think he's had a pretty nice baseball career that he's now parlayed into a great managing gig, and um, I think he's just a phenomenal manager. I really expect him to be announced as NL Manager of the Year, and we all know that Chris Mielich will be, even though he has enough of this paving on this podcast, uh, named NL MVP. So, I mean, looking back again at last offseason, um, it was there was a lot of unknowns going on last offseason. The Brewers thought, hey, we're on the cusp of the playoffs. Let's push forward here. Let's end the rebuild. Let's do something. I think David Stern really did quote unquote win last offseason. I mean, all the Brewer fans are clamoring for him to get a high end uh, number one starter like Jake Arrieta or Hugh Darvish or at least a consolation prize like, unfortunately, Alex Cobb or someone like that. Uh, he didn't do any of that. He went out and signed uh, Yulis Chassin for a bargain price on a two-year contract, and he paid off handsomely, um, and I was wrong about him hardly. And I will admit also I was very wrong about Wade Miley, who was just a, off the literally garbage dump, scrap heap, whatever you want to call it, um, agent signing who pitched a couple nice games in spring training and under the tutelage of our pitching coach, uh, you know, Derek Johnson, somehow add that cutter and, and found some control and, you know, uh, turned out to be one heck of a pitcher through uh, the entire second half and really, really I mean, he's pitching multiple games in each of our postseason uh, series. So it's just unbelievable, uh, those type of guys that contributed. And we passed on all and, – and some of our big-time pitchers from last year, uh, Jimmy Nelson was our best pitcher in 2017, didn't even pitch – one inning or one pitch for us this year. Uh, Chase Anderson, I think, had a 2.73 ERA last year, and this year he had a 3.93 and much less innings. So he really fell back down to earth. Those were our top two pitchers last year. And then well, our, and our third best pitcher was Kyle Davies, who won 17 games, and he was injured and ineffective when he pitched. So the fact that um, Council and Stearns and our pitching coach, Derek Johnson, whoever else <laughs> brought the best out of these guys, somehow – they did it and our pitching is really what carried us into the playoffs um i think we were fifth in the entire uh baseball and total team era so it's just phenomenal well and, and don't forget we also had injuries to brent Suter, um other guys in the pen ranger throughout the year um you know it was it was it was pretty amazing what this pitching staff was able to do and um you know even the guys that were kind of on that that rotating uh flame flight from Colorado Springs to Milwaukee were all able to pitch in. I mean, outside of a couple guys at the beginning of the year, like a Boone Logan or, um, you know, a few others, we didn't really have anybody who had awful seasons pitching-wise, and it, it was just sort of incredible to watch. Um, 
the, the staff developed from what every national writer had called a major weakness for the Brewers into um, what some could even term a strength. I, I certainly don't think we lost anything because of our pitching uh, this year. And um, Stearns, I think, pushed the right buttons. We saw that Gio Gonzalez was affected down the stretch after the um, acquisition of him from the Nationals for the last month of the season. We had uh, Junior Garrett pitch well in spurts. Uh, Freddie Peralta had a couple of very nice outings and, and certainly shows some promise for the future. Uh, Brandon Woodruff may have been our best pitcher in the playoffs uh, outside of Josh Hader. And, um, you know, we just had, we just had a lot of guys stepping up. Um, you know, and I, I, and the other guy who I think is kind of unsung is Corbin Burns. I mean, what a year that guy had coming out of the bullpen and a role that was new to him, uh, coming up, I think in June or July, uh, making his major league debut and pitching pretty lights out all season. I mean, outside of a maybe one or two game hiccup, he was, an incredibly solid piece for the Brewers' bullpen in a role that he was unaccustomed to. And I know that um, in the postseason press conference, uh, David Stearns and Craig Council mentioned that he will go back to his um, starting pitching role, which is uh, I know that we all predicted on our, our podcast here earlier this season. But, but boy, did he pitch well out of the pen for the Brewers in, in 2018. And I think he's kind of the unsung hero of that group, um, you know, after guys like Josh Hader and Jeremy Jeffers get the credit, and Corey Knable for the last month um, get the credit that they deserve. Yeah, so it's like one of those things. The Brewers really, especially as they they rolled their hot streak into the playoffs, there was something about this team and it really clicked, especially in the, in the second half down the stretch there. That there was just some magic about this team, and and it's that type of thing that happens in teams that do go deep in the playoffs and make playoff runs all the way to the World Series. Unfortunately, the Brewers fell just one game short this year. I feel that that magic could, can definitely return and hope that it does in the next few years. And we really have just a solid core, guys, like you, you mentioned, Vince. I think the decision to pitch uh, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta out of the playoff down the stretch, I mean, out of, out of the bullpen, down the, in the second half, down the stretch, in in the postseason is going to be invaluable experience for those young guys. And those three guys in particular that we did not include any trades for short-term acquisition, I think it was also a very smart move by Stearns and the Brewers organization. And I think that really Burns, Peralta, and Woodruff could really be three, you know, stalwarts on our rotation going forward. And they're young, controllable at that. So they're definitely going to be valuable pieces. And I think those – Adding to the core of our offense, like I mentioned, with uh, Yelich, Keen, and and Braun still around, uh, I really think that that those core three young pitchers and those you know more vet, veteran and MVP type hitters will kind of be our core going forward. And I think this is going to be a similar formula where we're going to still rely on a really awesome bullpen uh, to follow up with some you know. Um, over overperforming starting pitchers that we're just getting the best out of, and, and I really think this will be a formula that will work. So, uh, real quick, going back on just the season as it progressed, before the season started, obviously excited about the new Brewer team with Yelich and Kane and all the new pieces and stuff like that. We're a little disappointed, like entering the season, that we didn't get that number one type starter, but it turned out not to be necessary, and it was kind of flummoxing to me how we were able to get through a full 163 game season um, with those, that starting five that we did and get through. Um, and, uh, but somehow we were able to do it and make a, the playoffs and make a deep playoff run. And really to me, the key of the season was that really hot streak that we got in, in September at the end of September. Obviously if you guys, all our fans of our podcast know that I think going into that last week of the season, 
I think we had a podcast after our, our first win of that three-game series in St. Louis, and we still weren't sure up until that podcast taping whether or not the Brewers were even for sure going to be in the playoffs. Uh, and I think after that game, it was clear that they were going to be, and that happened to be the second win of their 12-game winning streak that included uh, a win in Wrigley. Um, well, first of all, a sweep of the Reds, a sweep of the Tigers at home to finish up the season. Then the win in Wrigley in game 163 to – uh, basically win the NL Central. Awesome. Send the basically the Brewers were able to end the Cardinal season and in effect or almost in effect ending the Cubs season all in a seven game stretch uh, and knock them off of the NL Central. That alone is just an awesome uh, accomplishment for this team. And then we went on, of course, to sweep the NLDS or the Rockies in three games. And then we won the first game of the NL. Yes, which gave us the 12-game winning streak, first since 87, got us, got Milwaukee Brewer fans, the George Wood Burgers, which, again, is this more of a symbolic saying that it was the first time since Pizza Sunday in 87 that that was done. Uh, and it, it was awesome to stop by the George Wood and be able to get those burgers. And it's not because of how delicious the burger was, but more of just a symbolic thing that it was a community-based thing that the, this is something the Brewers rallied to do and, and quite an accomplishment at that. And, like I said, unfortunately, yeah. it fell up just short, but it really felt like this team had the magic. And I know that you guys weren't able to make it back to Milwaukee going to playoff games, but um, I, I will say that I was able to attend some pretty awesome games uh, during the last month of the season. I will always remember um, starting back, I, I was with my uh, young son uh, to the at the second uh, – or the home Yelich um, – cycle game, which was awesome. The very last game of the season, I took uh, my 10-month-old daughter to her very first Brewer game. That was, a, I think, a 11 to nothing win, the Brewers over the Tigers. to get us to one game 163. And then um, I was able to attend two playoff games. I had tickets to the wild card game and game five of the NLDS. Those games never happened, so I got a lot of my money by the Boston Brewers ticket office. Minus a three dollar uh, processing fee for some reason, but anyway. Um, and uh, and and thanks to uh, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, for his help. Um, at least talking to you about your your um, non refundable fifty three dollar ticket. Yeah, thanks, thanks for doing that, Tom. Um, but uh, and again, I don't you're not, think you're not just, to do just that. say PC. Yeah. Yeah. Just say PC, so, guys. Okay, so T. Carter, Tom C. Sorry, sorry, Craig. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> But um, I also I was able to attend the um, game one of the NLDS where the Mike Masakas walk off tenth inning. That was an awesome finish, uh, awesome game. And then um, I was a little bit uh, worried about going into game six in the NLCS. The Brewers were down three games to two, our backs were against the wall, but they did win that game to force a game seven, seven to two. Hayes Aguilar had a big game, and it was pretty awesome atmosphere at uh, Miller Park and. Really confident the birds are going to be able to take it home the next day, but it didn't happen. <sighs> but anyway, so um, overall, just what what a great ending to the season. Outside of um, you know not making the World Series, but we weren't just knocking on the door of the World Series; we were pounding on the door of the World Series, and it really gives up gives me great hope that the Brewers can get to the World Series during this next three or four years. Um, like I said, you don't want to take anything for granted because getting as far as we did does not happen every year. And winning a World Series is even tougher. There's that's the Los Angeles Dodgers losing World Series and whatever. So, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I, I, it, it, it's hard for me to believe if we did make the World Series, we would have got back. We would have actually won 
the World Series against that great team that was the Boston Red Sox this year. But, I mean, I would have loved the opportunity, and it would have been awesome just to be able to have a World Series game held at North Park. But I'm confident it's going to happen. So I don't know what your thoughts are, guys. But that was my kind of wrap-up of the season, I guess. No, that's, that's really great, Craig. I mean, I again, I think that there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Um, from my personal perspective, you know, uh, living outside Wisconsin, it was really great. I watched uh, just about every game on TV, um, either live or, or uh, you know, from the beginning uh, later on, and it was it was just awesome. So a lot of excitement. Um, one thing I noticed uh, living away from Wisconsin is how many people were rooting for the Brewers across the country. It was really fun to see that. Um, as some of our longtime listeners may know, I live in Washington D.C. and it's it's um, it was definitely a, a the NLCS was definitely a series a lot of people out here were paying attention to, and um, I would say that the vast majority were cheering on the Brewers. So unless you were from Southern California, it was it was kind of cool because the Brewers were the talk of the country for a bit, and uh, we're not used to that in October, so that was pretty neat. Um, over the course of the season, I, I, my personal highlight was probably uh, going to. The all three games here in Washington when the Brewers were here, we won two or three games and just had a lot of fun um, seeing the guys here in person and um, got a chance to go see the Brewers up in Philadelphia uh, when they played the Phillies as well. So it was it was it was pretty awesome um, just rooting this for this team from afar and 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 trying to get to as many games as I could that were kind of in the area. I got back to Milwaukee just at the beginning of the season for opening day and and one other game, but. Um, yeah, it's it's it was just an awesome year, and I think there's a lot of reasons why fans are going to be excited uh, in spring training in 2019. Yeah, I think um, I don't know, you guys. Um, this was actually, and I got to say too, you know, um, I, I think that when we kind of decided, like, hey, maybe um, maybe it'd be kind of cool to do this podcast, uh, you know, just for fun, I guess, and you know, gives us an opportunity to you know, obviously reconnect with, you know, with each other, with uh, uh, Brewer fans and, and just kind of talk baseball. It's being um, transplanted out in, in Vegas now, you don't really have a lot of opportunities to talk Milwaukee Brewers baseball. And so um, I, I think it's it's been um, just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal season for, for me personally. It's just been absolutely amazing. I actually, of all things, my my highlight is probably um, uh, picking up um, a lunch order at, while I was at work, and uh, it was at like a ale house, and went there and picked up my order, and um, they were talking, and uh, this guy was like, "Yeah, he goes, um, hey, can you um, can you turn on the Brewers game?" The guy's like, "Yeah, sure," and he's like, "Wow," he's like, "I don't get a lot of that, but yeah, all right." He goes, "Yeah, well," he goes, uh, "I um." I, I bet on the Brewers just about every game, and they they have been under the radar now for two years. And because uh, if you bet on the Brewers, you'd make more money than against any other team. And like it was just so funny just listening to people talking Brewers like out in Vegas. It was just just a weird kind of scenario anyway. But um, I also have to say, Craig, uh, after your comments, uh, just because you know potentially George Webb uh, could wind up sponsoring this podcast eventually. Um, I do want to say that, um, you know, the burgers are actually pretty decent and you'll have a hard time, uh, you know, finding something comparable in value because it's, it really is a, a decent burger. Um, but I also wanted to say 
Um, I actually just <laughs> looked at their website while I was bored, and uh, one of their things has, like, the GW web guy, whatever he is, and it, it just says, like, George Webb predicts that Milwaukee will win 12 games in a row. It has that in, in like, a T-shirt form, and I'm like, I really have to get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're a great consumer, Scott, and um, – yeah, I mean, you can't find a better burger at, at 4 o'clock in the morning. So that is definitely where you want to go at that time of day. And um, it's nice to have that option. So, Scott, <laughs> you've never, ever led me astray with your food recommendations. So if you say George Ruff's burgers are awesome, then I totally wholeheartedly uh, believe it. Believe your opinion on that, definitely. You're a solid consumer. Well, in every you don't have to take, way, shape, take, or take it from Mark Antoniak. Bagger <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burgers for five bucks. Um, no, it's that's awesome. But, no, I do I want to echo what Scott said, too, about being able to just uh, talk baseball every week or during the season. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to do it. This offseason is going to be a big one throughout baseball, and there'll be plenty to talk about. And, again, getting geared up, there'll be plenty of excitement for next year and definitely fired up about it. But, yeah, be able to connect with you guys and our fans. Obviously, always, always a lot of fun and very appreciative of all of it. Um, and I agree with what Scott also said that, um, if people during this policies, I think even non-Brewer fans were, if they wanted to pick a team to root for, if their team wasn't in it, they were picking the Brewers. I mean, we're yep, underdogs, sure. we're a small market team. We for haven't sure. ever won the World Series and we've only been there once. And, you know, people like to root for the underdog. And I think we definitely sit and we also make beer and people like that as well. So, I mean, yeah, yep. 100%, 100%, guys, and that that was definitely true walking around, um, you know, even just the streets in Washington, I would see Brewers stuff, and it it was really cool. I got a uh, – I was wearing a, uh, a Brewers cap. Um, I was – unfortunately, I missed the um, part of the NLDS – or the week between the NLDS and the NLCS, I had to take a work trip, and I was in Athens, Greece, and I was walking around literally outside the Parthenon uh, in Athens, and I was wearing my brewer's cap. It was after the meetings were done, and it was just me walking around at night. And uh, and a couple said, go Brewers, um, as they saw me walking around <laughs> in the Parthenon. And I'm like, I, I, that was pretty pretty cool. And that, that's a true story. So very exciting to uh, to see the Brewers do well again, and it's nice to be talked about a little bit. I think the next year, the challenge, one of the challenges for the team is going to be that we're not going to be as under the radar Um as we were going into this season. So, I, you know, certainly the Cubs were made aware of how good the Brewers can be. Um, so that's that's going to be a challenge. Certainly the Cardinals are in the same boat, and uh, you can't ever count out the Pirates and even the Reds. So we've got to, um, you know, continue to, to make smart decisions, I think, as an organization. But, boy, it'll be – it's really it's really tough when your team loses in the NLCS. That being said, and I, I think we posted this on social media right after the game, um, I think that – Looking back, it's going to be just an incredibly fun season to think about going forward. And hopefully, hopefully, years from now, we're talking about it as the first of many good seasons in a row. So that's that's my my takeaway, I guess, from 2018. I think the further we get removed from the NLCS and losing that series to the Dodgers, I think that the more that'll be clear. Um, you know, just it, it's a special time when you make the playoffs for the fifth time in, you know, 48, 49 years of the franchise's history. And um, it's really exciting when you make uh, an, uh, an LCS game, which has only happened three times, like two in the NL, one in the AL for the franchise. So, Great point, guys. Yeah. And that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you guys soon. Go Brewers. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Stay classy. Go Brewers. All that. Go Brewers.